0: Hello everyone and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Finance for Students podcast. I'm Gavin Chang. And I'm Matthias Uh And today our guest is Mr. Aaron Golub. Uh, Mr. Golub, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, so you know, first off, really appreciate you having me here. My background is I'm legally blind. I played football at Tulane University, becoming the first legally blind Division I athlete to play in a game. I was named a team captain, went on to become an NFL free agent, and now I'm an entrepreneur, speaker, and consultant. And so, you know, I run two businesses. The first of which is, you know, myself going and doing keynote speeches at events, companies, uh, sports teams, schools, as well as doing longer term consulting uh, and training with companies in different areas. Uh, the other company that I run and, and own is a company where I take people who either, you know, are sp- Beginning in their journey to become a speaker, but don't know how to grow or help establish speakers grow and scale. And that's what I do now.
0: Oh, that, that's really cool. Do you think you could tell us a little bit about uh, kind of your entrepreneurship uh, and like creating those businesses and that kind of experience?
1: Yeah. So out of college, you know, I didn't go the entrepreneurial route. I went into the world of finance actually. And, you know, I know we connected through me speaking at your school. And so, that's not something we got into me discussing, but I was a financial advisor, you know, at some very large financial firms. And on the side, I was doing speaking engagements because I was used to that from college and I wanted to be able to give back and start doing that. As things started to grow for me, you know, I was focusing a lot more of my time on that. That business was growing significantly. And I eventually gave up, you know, my book of business and left the world of finance to pursue entrepreneurship full time. And, you know, I love it. I love everything about it. It's a lot of fun being able to, you know, A, help and impact others with the work that I'm doing, but B, you know, really look at it as a game. You know, I, I look at the world of entrepreneurship as a sport, you know, similar to football. How can I, you know, grow and increase revenue, you know, more this year than I did last year more this quarter than last quarter, more this month than last month? time and time again. And and that's just genuinely fun for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have any tips for someone trying to get into entrepreneurship now if say they're in high school? Like how should someone start out learning about it and getting a little bit of experience?
1: You know, there's a few areas. And I'd say the first thing is just try and fail. Because, you know, you, you have no idea right now what you're doing. You don't have the experience. You don't know what you like and dislike. And so trying different things and failing at them is how you'll eventually learn not only what you're good at, but what you enjoy doing. You know, this this podcast is a perfect example. You know, you're learning from other individuals. You know, maybe you go out and you say, hey, you know, I want to start uh, doing podcast editing and producing for other people and charging a small fee for it and doing that. Maybe you want to start some sort of marketing agency. Maybe you want to start learning to do copywriting or sales. I don't know what it is, but... Trying and failing is is the first step. The second step, honestly, is if you can find someone who's an entrepreneur that you can connect with, go to that person and say, hey, you know, I'd love to learn from you. Would you be open to me, you know, essentially interning or working for you for free where, you know, you mentored me and you know, I'll do, you know, a few hours a week of work or a couple hours a week of work, whatever that looks like, I'll do these projects for you and you mentor and help me. Like, anytime someone has come to me that, you know, that wants help and wants mentorship, I'm always happy to do that. And I think most entrepreneurs are, if you're young and you want to learn and grow, I think that's a great way to do it. If I were to go back to high school, like I'm fortunate that I've been able to be really well connected now with the people I've built my business around and be able to be connected to. But if I were to go back to high school, I would focus on networking, doing what you're doing with this podcast, learning from tons of entrepreneurs. And if you find one that really sticks out in an area that you want to learn more about, I would go to them and say, hey, is it possible at all for you to mentor me? And I'll work for free for you know doing certain projects.
0: How did you decide that entrepreneurship was for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple of reasons. I realized that I wanted something that, I would have the freedom that I want that that I wanted which is kind of an illusion because you know if you work a 9 to 5 you have you know you get nervous on Sundays well I'm working 24/7 you know I and I love what I do and one of my mentors a good friend of mine David Meltzer says you know there's he doesn't think of his life as work. And I don't either. There's activities that you get paid for and activities that you don't get paid for, but it's all about how you structure that. So going on this podcast is an activity that I don't get paid for. But at the same time, I know there's going to be content. There's things on social media. It's going to be out there. And I, I like that, you know, when I go and do a speaking engagement or work with a client, that's an activity that I get paid for. And that's how I break it in up. But, you know, It didn't really end up being the freedom, you know, that I thought it would be at first. It will be eventually as I build my team and my company and, you know, have the ability to step away more and delegate. And, you know, that's the first side of it. But the second side is I want something where I can, you know, genuinely build a significant company. You know, I have no interest in, you know, 40 years from now having a million dollars in my bank account. I, I have a full interest of building very large and successful companies. And, you know, that's really only something you can do as an entrepreneur. You know, I love learning. I love growing. And, you know, that's really what attracted me to going to do something for myself. Going back to the mentorship point, how do you find a good mentor for you? Yeah, you know, there's really two ways. There's either paying for help which I've done in in plenty of situations, paying someone who is where you want to be and having them teach you what you need to know to get to where you want to go or going to someone that you want to learn from and saying, what can I do to add value to you? I'd love to learn from you. I'd love to have you mentor me because you are in a position that I want to be one day. How can I add value to you? And that person might come back and say, you know, I really need help with X, Y, or Z. Would you be able to help me with that? you help them with that, they mentor you. So it's really about can you either provide that person with money or time, and if in your case in high school, I would focus on the time one. If you can find someone that you want to learn from, go to them and say, how can I add value to you? Would you be willing to mentor me if I can help do this thing that you said you want me, that you need help with?
0: Uh, Do you think you could uh, go over the process of kind of – creating a business and building a business yeah
1: you know from the start it's about coming up with an idea and then just testing it i think you know in school you get taught about okay you create a business plan you you know put all this stuff down on paper and i think that's just absolute bs honestly like yes you need to have a plan and an idea but i'm a strong believer of sell before you build you know, before I started my company, of it's called Initiate Connections, and we take—that's my second company where we take speakers or people who want to be speakers and help them grow and scale. I didn't start with a website. I didn't start with um, anything fancy. I didn't start with a logo. I didn't start with any of that. I went out and I tried to sell, and I said, "Does the market want this?" I got people to pay me for it, and then I figured out how to fulfill and you know that's not the case now obviously now I you know have everything set up the website you know the the fulfillment all that stuff but i'm a believer of like why would you put so much time and effort into creating all this fancy stuff if you don't even know if the market wants it and so my first tip would be sell and then build you know understand what the process looks like to build and if you need help then reach out to someone to help you build it but just go out and sell and then if someone wants that you can build what's needed you know, from there, it's how do you consistently not only bring in new revenue, but fulfill in that revenue? And so when you look at a business, I look at it from two structures. You can either have a service or you can have a product. In the service is you're trading time for money to an extent. Obviously, as you build a team and you get more people on board, you're not trading all of your time for money necessarily, you're trading other people's time for money. But a service is generally the easiest way to get started. If you said, hey, I wanna go start a business as a video editor or a copywriter or um, something of that nature, a social media manager, you are trading your time for money and that is a service. A product is you know, selling Anything that's a product, whether that be like a sweatshirt, like I'm wearing, whether that be, you know, uh, any type of product that you can think of. And that's different because that's not necessarily taking time for money. That's taking, how can you attract people to this product? That's not a route that I necessarily go down with my current businesses. I probably will look into the product side down the road, but I really focus on the service side now with myself and with my team. And so when I look at that, it's broken up into a few areas. You know, how can, and these are honestly the areas that I tell speakers of how they can grow and scale. And the first step is clarity, understanding what you need to do, what you want to do, and going out and seeing if the market is even interested. The second section is marketing. What are you going to do to present yourself as an expert in this field? How are you going to market it? How are you going to present yourself as someone who, you know, people should come to and pay? When someone Googles you, when someone goes to your website, what do they see? When someone looks at your social media, what do they see? The next step is lead generation. How do you consistently get leads on the calendar every single day? I know for a fact if my lead generation is dialed and I have five qualified calls on the calendar every single day, I'm going to make a lot of money. Like we might not close every call, but when you're in that situation, you are in a area of abundance because if I'm, if I have two calls every single week on the calendar, And someone doesn't show up or someone's not a good fit, I come at it from a point of scarcity that I need to land the next call and that shows to your prospect. But if I have five calls a day, 25 calls a week on the calendar, if I can figure out a lead gen system to get that to happen, I don't care. Like I've gone into sales calls for with, for example, speakers and been like, look, honestly, like if I don't think it's a good fit, I'll just say, like, look, like, I don't care if you work, it's not going to change my life if you come in and pay us or not. I know I can help you but I'm coming from a position of of abundance, of I know I can help them. The next area is sales. How do you optimize your sales process so when you get those qualified calls on the calendar, you consistently close those deals and understanding what you like and understanding what you're good at. In that business where, you know, that's not my, my main business is me speaking and doing consulting, but this is, you know, another business that's a lot of our revenue, I have a co-founder. I understand that I don't want to hop on sales calls for that because I have a lot of my own sales calls for my speaking. I understand that I'm good at and I like the consulting side and I like the lead gen side. We're co-founders, we're co-CEOs. I'm the head of lead generation and the head of consulting. He's the head of sales. I don't take sales calls unless it's absolutely crucial. I deal with the consulting side. He deals with it too. He's the number two consultant, but I'm the number one. And that's how we look at it. And the last one is growth and scale. If you have your marketing dialed, if you have your lead gen system set up if you have an, a great sales process and you consistently are bringing in revenue now how do you grow and scale that and oftentimes it's about doing more i'm a big believer of and i think this is probably a quote from from Alex Hormozi if you don't if you know the two of you don't know who he is look him up look at a lot of his content yeah he's great and He's a believer of like, do so much that it's unreasonable for you to fail. Like, it's genuinely unreasonable. I send like 1500 cold emails a day, like through It's Like it's, it's unreasonable for me to not see results at that scale. Like that's, it just is. And so that's how you scale.
0: Uh, do you think since you said lead generation was kind of more on your side, uh, if someone theoretically had a business right now and they had kind of the sales down, how would they find and generate leads?
1: You know, it's such an arbitrary question because every business is different. Every service is different. And so if you were to give me an example, I'm more than happy to walk through that. But it's it's. do you have an example?
0: Let's say it's um, a social media marketing service.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I would probably start by setting up a few different campaigns. And so, you know, when you say social media marketing, would that be specifically for Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or for all platforms or one individually?
0: Uh, let's... Say for all All social media platforms, really.
1: Yeah. So I would start off, and it's going to take a lot of effort, but I would start off just getting in the DMs of people, honestly, on on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and start finding the right people that you think might be interested in hiring you and just messaging them. Go out and message 50 people a day on Instagram, 50 people a day on Twitter, 50 people a day on LinkedIn. Go out and find email addresses for people or businesses that you would want to potentially manage their uh, social media, and start sending out tons of cold emails every single day. And just start doing that. And when you start to see results, keep going. If for some reason you see that hey, LinkedIn outreach is the one that I'm getting all these calls from, double down on that, and maybe remove your the least profitable channel. Say that's Twitter. You know, I'm also a believer that like you don't need to focus on five channels at once. Like that that's a mistake people make too. Like if you said, Hey, I want to start with doing Instagram DMS and LinkedIn messages. Great. Start with those and just do it a ton to the point that it's unreasonable for you not to get replies. And then when you start to see results and success, then you can add in cold email. or You can add in Twitter. I think a lot of people focus on 15 things at once. And that's why they never see success because they don't optimize one channel at a time.
0: Do you think there's ever a time to give up on your dreams of being an entrepreneur and, like pursue a stable career or do you think it's something that you should pursue
1: your whole life? Give up the entire journey of being an entrepreneur or give up the specific business you're in and go to a different one.
0: Giving up on entrepreneurship like as a whole.
1: I think it depends on who you are. Like I never will. I genuinely enjoy what I do. I enjoy trying to make more money and help more people. And that's fun for me. I, I never would. But honestly, like most people don't have the stomach for it. Like it's, it's not easy There's a lot of financial costs to it. There's a lot of risk to it. You know, not saying there isn't risk to having a stable job in in other ways of risk, other forms of risk, but like a lot of people don't have the stomach for it. So like, I, I, I also don't think there's anything wrong with having, you know, a nine to five job. I think like in this day and age, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur because of what's in social media, but like, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Like the amount of days that I have that are just like super hard or long or, you know, y- y- there's a lot of difficult times in the world of entrepreneurship and it's not everyone's cut out for it. At the same time, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are not good as number one entrepreneurs, but they would be great as a number two, a number four, a number seven in a company. And that's something that Gary V talks about a lot. You know, I've met tons of people that like, in my company would be great as a number three but they couldn't be a number one doing something else but they add a ton of value as like a coo or something and i think a lot of people need to figure out where they fit into that role because not everyone needs to be a founder
0: Uh, what are the kind of qualities uh, or patterns that you've observed from people who succeed or fail in entrepreneurship
1: yeah i think People have the discipline and consistency to keep going and understand that success doesn't happen overnight. Success takes time. And so – and I see this a lot with, like, people from the ages of, like, 18 to 25 of someone will do something for three months or two months or four months or six months and quit. It's like you didn't see results Duh, like you you didn't do it long enough. Just keep going at it if you want to accomplish something. Now, if you did it for three months and you're like, I just don't enjoy this, I want to learn a different skill, that's one thing. But if you do it for three months and you don't see much success and you're like, I'm gonna quit because this is too hard, like that's that's not a good characteristic of a good entrepreneur. A good entrepreneur is like, I'm gonna keep pushing, I'm gonna keep figuring it out. And now, like I said, if eventually maybe a year goes by or a couple of years go by and, you know, you're doing something wrong and you've talked to a bunch of people and people are like this, you know, strategy just isn't good or the market doesn't want it. um, Then maybe you, you go for a shift, but I think someone who can be consistent, someone who can be disciplined and also someone who can, you know, separate emotions from, you know, business. Like when I talk to companies, like I'm a strong believer in, you know, making sure your employees are, are empathetic, making sure your employees have a great culture or great leaders. But at the same time, like as a CEO, you can't let emotions come into business decisions. Like you just you just can't. If you want to be successful, you need to make your decisions off of logic, not emotion. There are certain instances that you could argue that and you know when you're dealing with employees, um, you know you need to do what's right for them. but as the business as a whole, Like you, you, if you want to see success, you need to act out of logic, not out of emotion. If you are mad, if you are pissed off, if you are upset in a certain situation, the absolute worst thing you can do is send that email or pick up that phone. It's like, go walk away, come back six hours later or tomorrow or whatever, and then make the decision on a logical basis, not in the emotions and the state of mind that you're currently in.
0: How would you differentiate yourself from every other entrepreneur out there?
1: You know, I think the thing that really differentiates me is I've been able to take my unique story and capitalize it on it outside of just sports. You know, I think a lot of people in my position, no matter how unique your story is, see success in one arena. But I've been able to transition that from sports into business, and I don't think I'm anywhere near my full potential. I think I'll see a lot more success in five years and 10 years and 20 years from now. But it's a long-term game, in my opinion. And I think just I'm using my story in multiple arenas. And that's something that sets me apart because people are interested by it. People want to talk to me because of that. And that leads to relationships. It might not necessarily lead to a, a business transaction right here, right now, but it could lead to a strategic partnership. It could lead to you know a new friend. It could lead to a mentor. It could lead to you know who knows. And I think that's one of the things that sets me apart from others.
0: Like how... It is good for you because it sets you apart. It also is obviously a setback. I mean, it's gonna make things a lot more difficult for you. So, how do you come overcome those kind of setbacks?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't look at it as something that makes it more difficult for me. You know, I I think that being legally blind is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me, and I'm so thankful and grateful that it did because. I think that it's helped to create a lot of the relationships I have. It makes me a more interesting person, like honestly. And because of that, I've been able to be connected to a lot more people that I learn from on a consistent basis. You know, I've learned and still learn from people who are 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the road, you know, where I want to be, who are a lot more successful than me. Because we got connected, they found my story interesting and i've learned from them and because of that you know i'm so thankful for it and so i don't look at it as a roadblock i look at it as this has truly helped me in more than just sports and life it's helped me in business it's helped me in relationships in so many different areas
0: well uh, i think that's all of our questions so do you have any final comments or tips to leave the viewers with
1: you know look i i appreciate you having me if i can help you or anyone in any way you know I always like to say get you know, feel free to shoot me an email, aaron at I'll get back to you. If I can help in any way, feel free to reach out.
0: Thank you everyone for watching uh, this episode of the Finance for Students podcast.